In this bulletin, the WA Liberals launch an campaign on the Indigenous Voice to Parliament. The federal government makes a significant announcement to boost defence capabilities. And the opposition leader slams the Labour Party's announcement it will consider appointing a union representative to the Reserve Bank Board. The federal opposition spokesperson for Indigenous Affairs, Jacinta Nampinjimpa Price, has accused the federal government of causing division among the nation for its own political gain. Senator Price gave a speech during a no-campaign rally in Western Australia for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum. The no-campaign rally was organised by the Western Australian Liberal Party. Senator Price says the Australians should no longer feel ashamed to ashamed to disagree with the question imposed by the referendum. People sitting around their barbecues, you know, not sure if their mate is going to agree with the fact that I'm done with this sort of business. I'm done with being pushed into a corner and told that I should be ashamed of who I am because of our country's history. Enough is enough! Also addressing Liberal Party supporters, Senator Price said she believes the voice will not achieve good outcomes. I really want to thank the Western Australian Liberals for the stance that they have taken to ensure that we're not going to damage our constitution and therefore damage our nation uh, through through this referendum, which is the most divisive referendum that our country has had to um, endure so far. The junior party for the Liberals in the state, the WA Nationals, announced in November last year that they would be backing the Yes campaign. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese told Sky News he's aware that the track record of referendum votes in this country doesn't favour the Yes side, but he says the issue is too important not to put to the people. We want to give Australians the opportunity to vote on this. This is something that was promised Indigenous recognition that it would be advanced under John Howard. We've been through successive governments, we've been through uh, a decade of consultation. The Uluru Statement was way back in 2017 and if not now, when? In the meantime, Labor's leadership has delivered impassioned pleas to party faithful to get out and campaign for a successful referendum on The Voice with a simple message, it's time. Leaning on the slogan of Labor giant Gough Whitlam, Indigenous Australians Minister Linda Burney has issued a call to arms for rank-and-file members to get out into the community and campaign for a constitutionally enshrined Indigenous Voice. Delegates. I can't win this on my own. We must do it together. The Minister for Defence Industry, Pat Conroy, has announced the federal government will make multi-billion dollar purchases to boost the capabilities of the Royal Navy, the Royal Australian Air Force and the Australian Army. Australia will buy 220 Tomahawk cruise missiles for its Navy from the U.S. at the cost of $1.3 billion and spend an additional $480 million on anti-radar missiles and spike anti-tank missiles. The purchase comes after the Defence Strategic Review, which recommended the Defence Force develop the ability to strike targets at longer range to deal with the growing threat in the Indo-Pacific region.
Mr. Conroy says the investment will help Australia deter any possible aggressors from attacking. The government's made no secret that we live in the missile age. You just have to look at what's occurring in Ukraine right now to understand that modern conflict is dominated by the power of missiles. And that's why today's announcements are so significant. Today I'm announcing significant upgrade to the capabilities of uh, our missile capabilities for all three services. The Department of Defence has also awarded an $8.4 million contract to design Australia's nuclear regulator to consulting firm Ernest & Young. The contract comes as concerns about the government's over-reliance on the external big four consulting firms grows. Green's defence spokesperson David Showbridge has called the new EY contract unbelievable and said the firm has deep ties to the nuclear industry, which could present a conflict of interest. The opposition leader, Peter Dutton, has criticised a formal a proposal from the Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining and Energy Union to install one of its members to the Reserve Bank's Monetary Policy Board. The proposal was pushed by the union during Labour's national conference in Brisbane over the weekend, which the government agreed to consider. Mr Dutton told 2GB Radio a union official being part of the board would threaten the RBA's independence and drive up inflation. The, the prices are inflated because of the CFMEU and having them involved uh, in one of the, the central economic policies in our country, I, I think, frankly, it says that this government's gone off the rails very quickly. And the Business Council of Australia has released a report outlining a series of policy shifts it believes would drive productivity growth and help the nation seize its economic future. It suggests lifelong learning incentives and bringing more women into the workforce could drive productivity and leave Australians substantially better off. If implemented, the council expects the package of reforms to leave every Australian $7,000 better off after a decade. Business Council Chief Executive Jennifer Westercott told Sky News we need a coordinated approach to strengthen Australia's economic resilience. The future burden on Australians is going to be spiralling debt that someone has to pay off. We're saying we need to get our fiscal house in order and we need to make sure that when we're spending money on important services like health, aged care, that we're getting better value for money for people using it, uh, using digital, personalisation of services, modernising some of these services. That is going to protect future generations. But also we need to look at the tax system to say, how do we really incentivise people? Commissioner of the Royal Commission into Defence and Veteran Suicide, Nick Caldas, says the inquiry is a once-in-a-lifetime chance for departments and organisations to speak up. Mr Caldas says the same problems are continuing and nothing has changed from from previous inquiries. It comes as the Albanese government recently refused a request for a further one-year extension after it cited significant delays getting information from the Defence Force. Mr Caldas says the Royal Commission have moved on from the rejection, has moved on from the rejection. We had a view that we could probably do more if we had an extension, but that wasn't to be, and that's fine. We're very confident we'll get the job done, uh, and we are very confident that the recommendations and findings that we come up with will be realistic, feasible, affordable, and will contribute significantly to sorting out the problems that exist. The final report with recommendations will be handed down next year.
And overseas, Denmark will send 19 F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine with the first group of planes set to arrive in the new year. After months of pleas from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky for F-16s to bolster the Ukrainian Air Force, the U.S. recently gave approval for the Netherlands and Denmark to provide Ukraine the American-made fighter jets. The delegation from the West, West African Regional Bloc ECOWAS has met with the deposed president of Niger, Mohamed Bazoum. Led by the former Nigerian head of state, General Abdul Salami Abubakar, the meetings have joined the reconciliation efforts of Leonardo Santos Shimao, the UN Special Representative for West Africa and the Sahel. ECOWAS ordered the deployment of a standby force to restore constitutional rule in Niger on, on August 10. Firefighters have kept wildfires at bay near the capital of Canada's Northwest Territories and in British Columbia, although dry and windy weather is expected to continue. Milder weather has helped fire teams contain the flames during Canada's worst fire season on, season on record, which has destroyed homes and other buildings. And to sport, the Crows' controversial loss is being upheld as the AFL acknowledges a mistake. The league's chief executive, Gillon McLachlan, has admitted that Adelaide should have been awarded a late goal while confirming that their crucial one-point loss to Sydney will not be overturned. The controversy occurred after the goal umpire awarded a penalty behind instead of a goal to Ben Keys, which would have given Adelaide the lead with just over a minute to play in Saturday night's clash at Adelaide Oval. The referee signaled that the ball hit the post and didn't ask for a video review, which McLachlan said on Sunday he should have done. Adelaide says they will use the monumental error that sealed their fate in the AFL finals as motivation for next season. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, sunny 32 degrees, Perth, partly cloudy 18, Adelaide, showers developing 19, Melbourne, possible shower 18, Hobart, partly cloudy 18, Albury, Wodonga, cloudy 15, Canberra, partly cloudy as well, 17 degrees, Wollongong, mostly sunny 21, Sydney, much the same 21, Newcastle, mostly sunny 23, Brisbane, partly cloudy 25, Townsville, much the same 26, Cairns, partly cloudy 27, Springs sunny 26, Darwin much the same 33 degrees and the Torres Strait Islands a sunny day ahead and a top of 28 degrees and that is NITV Radio News.